Cons. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to But Where Are You From? A podcast about my life as a British-born Chinese person. Today I talk with Kim Richards, aka Nano Sounds, aka Your Cast Kim. And we had the best chat. I think I just asked her one question and that was basically the half of the podcast because we just had so much to talk about and I really, really, really enjoyed hearing about her life, her upbringing, her career as a presenter, journalist, gamer, twitcher, YouTuber, and just everything that she had to say. She was a delight and she's so funny. And she listens to the podcast, apparently, she said, which is amazing. So please go follow Kim if you don't already. I'm sure you do because she is incredible. She's across social media as Nano Sounds, and she's honestly the funniest, realist, nicest person. And so if you want to watch her do any of her streams, she's part of the High Rollers um, Dungeons and Dragons gaming Twitch thing, which you can see on her Twitch channel. So please go ahead and enjoy. I really, really, really love speaking with Kim. We actually chatted off record um, after the podcast record for about another half an hour and just, I don't know, just like we had loads to talk about because we kind of work within the same industry too. So there was lots of that to talk about and then just, just general life stuff really. So she's a good egg. Kim is a good egg. Go and follow her and send her lots of love and please uh, let me know what you think. Have a good day. Three, Three two, two, one. Mark. Mark. There you go. So and then, you sit, yeah. So hopefully on the audio files, you should hear where that is, and that should like line that up for you. So. Did I need to say two, or was I just being? Extra uh, you just you well? say you say Mark. So I do the three, two, one, and then we say Mark together. Ah, uh, like, I just went all in. I just said yeah. three, two, one. It's as fine. Well. It's fine because that that also kind of helps that. with a little bit of um uh like if you get zoom lag like it'll help with the zoom lag zoom lag um, yes yeah because yes, yes. there's a little bit of a delay on that anyway. oh my gosh thank you so much Kim <laughs> you're just like giving me all this information for free expanding yeah. your knowledge I love it <laughs> well welcome welcome to but where are you from Kim thank you thank you for having me I I'm I'm happy to be here <laughs> Did you want to introduce yourself and, and tell the listeners who you are? I mean, they probably should know who you are. <laughs> uh, so my name is Kim, um, also known as Yogscast Kim, although uh, I guess probably that's changed to Nano Kim now. Um, I am a YouTuber. Well, uh, we'll get a bit into this. So I, I'm pro- predominantly known as a YouTuber, um, sort of uh, specializing in video game videos. Um, and I'm also a Twitch streamer. So that's where I uh, spend my time now is uh, streaming on Twitch, streaming video games and craft streams on Twitch. Um, and I'm also a part of High Rollers, which is a Dungeons and Dragons uh, show, a Twitch show that we do every Sunday and Thursday. Um, so I guess you could say I'm a professional Dungeons and Dragons player. Mm, <laughs> amazing. And then yeah. what makes what makes you a professional? Because you get paid, get paid money it. for it. And get, paid, <laughs> get paid off to do it. Yeah. Get paid off to game. That's what makes yeah. you a professional. Exactly. That's that's, that's literally amazing. it. And also, if you say professional, people are like, oh, because <laughs> otherwise you're just some chancer, just, you know, rolling dice <laughs> in your yeah. free time. Yeah. But it's like, no, I actually make money from this. So um, <laughs> I'm a professional. Like, <laughs> it's 
like um yeah ken cheng like he's like he said he's a professional poker player because yeah. he makes money from it and yeah that's what makes you professional yeah i love so that. there we go and um yeah it means your, your parents look at you with a bit more respect because you're bringing in the money because <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing they understand <laughs> exactly they don't understand the industry but they understand the cash yeah so so kim i'm gonna ask you the the question that you must hear all the time but where are you from oh so um i think this is a question that's complicated by the mm. fact that i have lived in so many different places and my accent as well is wild um <laughs> and i think uh, people who know me for a long time can actually probably tell what kind of a mood I'm in, depending on what accent is okay. uh, frothing up. Break it down. Um, yeah, so I am half Malaysian, uh, half Chinese Malaysian as well, uh, half English. Um, I was born in Farnborough in England, mm-hmm. um, but I've lived a lot of different places because of my dad's job. Um, so I've lived in places like the heady heights of Falkirk and Aberdeen and Hull. Um, oh, lovely. lovely. Hull, yeah. Um, I've also lived in Norway, in Stavanger. Um, I've lived oh. in South America. Uh, so I lived in um, uh, Bogota, which is the capital city of Colombia. And I've lived in Caracas, which is the capital city of Venezuela. Uh, I lived briefly in Shanghai, um, and then lots of England in between all of this, all up and down England. So, uh, Milton Keynes was where we kind (laughs) of settled for a bit. Of all the places, (laughs) Milton Keynes. Yeah, and then I went up to university in Liverpool, um, and then in the last few years I've been living in Bath, and now I live in Bristol. So, yeah, yeah, when people ask me where are you from i don't think they've got they really anticipated needing 20 Mm. minutes for like and a map um (laughs) yeah it must be just like one of those questions where you're like well where do i start and i think people when when people ask that question they just want to know one place one place where you're from or two at most and Mm. then that's it and then when like you throw that at them it's like whoa okay i can't place you then we don't have like Anywhere, like, where do we start kind of thing? I Yeah, I think the thing I really enjoy when people say, but where are you from, mm. um, is when you say something, like the, uh, the country or wherever, and um, you can immediately see the cogs turning in their heads where they're like, but how can I relate to this? Like, what anecdote do I have that relates to this place? Yes. Um, so, like, recently, like, yeah, I was talking to some um, older older ladies, um, very <laughs> middle-class white ladies um, who probably have never moved out of this part of Bristol that they've lived in mm. all their lives. Mm. And when I said Malaysia, I saw the cogs turning and one of them came out with, oh, my, my son-in-law went to uh, Kuala Lumpur uh, (laughs) on holiday five years ago. And he said he really enjoyed it. And I was like, cool, yeah. (coughs) Yeah, good good for you. Uh, Where do we go from there then? Yeah, yeah. uh, Well, yeah, I've been on holiday too. Good stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. I I do find my, I do find that I do that as well though. Like when some, when I like, when you're just going through all these places, I'm like, Oh, I've been there, not been there, been yeah. there, not been there. Yeah. And then you kind of like try to find that way to relate. 
but it's kind of like it's completely irrelevant in a way isn't it yeah no it's, yeah. A, it's a very human reaction i'm not trying yeah. to make it any kind of like you know stuff crazy stuff white people do but it is just it is just funny like when you yeah. see when when someone asks that question especially to someone like me who is both mixed mm. race and has lived internationally and yeah. then i give the 10 minute answer and then like i can see them going through the list like you say of like I know that. I know that. I know yeah. that. Where have I been? Have I been here? Oh wait, my auntie's second cousin's boyfriend's girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> they went there. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's one of those things where I've kind of learned now. I think the more the more people that I've been speaking to who I've just realised are like from all over the place, and I think like Instagram has been a, a major factor in like me finding like uh, like loads of different like. Um, ethnicities and like Eurasians and and people from all walks of life I've realized to not ask that until they they come to me with that mm. information I think that yeah. is probably like my my approach now is to just like not ask like but like what, it, what are you kind of thing it is tricky though isn't it because like mm. I think you know it is a difficult question to ask and I've certainly had conversations with people in particularly um you know white people from kind of like you know Whitesville you yeah. know wherever in the world you know very mm. white centric community and I've had very honest conversations with them saying like but I'm genuinely interested and I want to know and like mm. it's that kind of line of like at what point is asking it rude and at what point is it is it genuine kind of human interest yeah. like i'm genuinely interested in like mm. where you're from and i think it's such a difficult it's a really difficult question right because like mm. some people as well don't mind being asked it they're happy to talk about where they're from and some mm. people are just like oh like i hate having to justify my existence yeah. like quantify mm. my existence so i think yeah like it, it's very very difficult and you know i think what i've gone with is I think it depends on your relationship with that person. If you've just met them, yeah, it's it's not a great question to open with because it feels like you're saying, "I'm looking at your face, and you're clearly different to me, very yeah. different to me." So yeah. I need you to talk, tell me about that. Whereas yeah. if it's someone like a coworker that you've gotten to know after a while, mm. or like a friend that you've you know, that, that you've you know met and and like you know gotten to know, and you're genuinely interested, I think that's fine. Like yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends on the context, doesn't it? Like, if you feel like you've got that rapport with them and, and you feel yeah. comfortable to ask that question. I think, like, <clears throat> I certainly get it when it comes to, <clears throat> uh, like, dating apps. When mm. that's one of the first questions that someone asks me is, right. is where, where I'm from. Or, like, just assuming as well, like, just going straight into, are you, Phil are you, are you Filipino? Or whatever. Just, oh. like, literally just, like, gunning for it and trying guess to, like, the Asian. Gauge. Like, guess the yeah. Asian. Yeah, yeah. you've had that before as well. I've, I've definitely had that, yeah. And, and that's obviously where it's like, it, that's the wrong way to do it. Where <laughs> it's like someone wants to flex and show their knowledge of like, I know that not everyone's from China um, yeah. or Japan. And like, but mm. then they get it completely wrong and you're just like, oh. <laughs> oh God. No, never been to the Philippines. <laughs> Don't even speak like, like literally no idea. Good shot, yeah. but try again. <laughs> yeah and and like that it just puts you in such an awkward position because you're like well it's nice that you tried and it's nice that you're trying to demonstrate that you know that not all asians are from the mm. one place but yeah. at the same time i kind of something inside me just curled up and died um <laughs> <laughs> a little bit inside you just dies each time i'm just like un unswipe unmatch yeah. goodbye forever you just, just I, I don't know yeah i don't know if you get that that little voice in your side of you that just goes oh no <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I had so much hope for you.
Yeah. You look so attractive Aww. in your pictures and you've just let yeah. me down. Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So tell us a bit about your family growing up. So I know that we, we met from like the end of virus of racism group and we did it mm-hmm. i was on your twitch live stream yeah! which i was so nervous My fundraiser for. you and did it was amazing. amazing you did amazing you did. kid <laughs> you did amazing like you raised so much money and it was just incredible and it like raised everyone's spirits and it was incredible and your mum was on the live stream she was she was trolling you or you thought yep. she was trolling you didn't yep didn't you yeah because my mum is the worst with technology okay <laughs> and like i did not expect her to actually sign up a twitch account create yeah. a twitch account and then figure out how chat worked she was probably on her mobile as well and Brilliant. when my mum's on her mobile she's like you know kind of like you know and they're just like one finger just like squinting at the screen like tapping oh. it like yeah. and and like yeah so for those who don't know basically i was i was i was streaming my mum was out in malaysia so it was an eight hour time difference so i thought a she's asleep and b this person is typing too fast um <laughs> to be your mom yeah and then her twitch name as well was something i'd never recognized like i know all my mum's mm. kind of usernames it was something i completely didn't recognize so i was like oh um yeah, and then when it turned out that she was my mum, because I, I said, I, ch- I threw down the challenge. I was like, okay, mysterious person in chat, if yeah. you're my mum, text me. And she texted me. Um, <laughs> so, what, was, what did worst. she say now, which made you think it was a troll or someone that you needed to kick out of the chat? Well, just because, well, she there was a lot of typos in what she was typing. <laughs> and like, and like any person can just come on your Twitch chat and be like, yeah. I'm your mum, lol. Like, and oh, it's like, yeah. like prove lol. it. Prove that you're my mum. <laughs> prove it, prove prove it. it. that's so um, funny is that the first time she's ever been on any, any of your twitches before yep yep and so that's the thing as well hilarious. like <laughs> i've been streaming for like what four five years and oh you know <laughs> that's, that's the time <laughs> oh my god that's absolutely hilarious i love that well that's a big improvement for your mum to actually like go onto twitch i know right that's great I know. So, so, yeah. <laughs> so tell us a bit about your family then. So do you have siblings? Yeah. What's your? Uh, no. So I'm an only child. Um, thank God. Um, I don't thank think God. the world could handle. I don't think the world could handle more of me, frankly. Um, <laughs> and yeah. So uh, my mum is. So my mum is Malaysian and my dad is English and they met in Abu Dhabi. Mm. Um, my mum came over to the UK. Oh God, I can't even think when. Must be sixties, seventies, um, to train as a midwife. Yeah. Um. So she's a fully trained uh, midwife, and my dad works for BP. Woo, mm. oil. Um. Woo, <laughs> 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 environment. Yeah. Woo. Um. But yeah. So uh, and they met in Abu Dhabi because um I think once my mum kind of became a midwife a fully fledged midwife she took a posting in in Abu Dhabi Mm. and my dad was out there for oil (laughs) 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 and uh yeah they got married in the UK and uh happily ever after (laughs) so yeah that's kind of uh it's it's been it's been a kind of a a complicated upbringing I guess because Mm. um obviously like we've moved around a lot lived in a lot of different countries because of my dad's job um and a lot of those periods of time um my mum and I actually moved back to the UK to live Mm. here without my dad um Mm. because he took hardship postings um in kind of areas of the world that were not suitable for families um so there were periods of my life where it was just my mum 
uh, and me um, yeah. in Milton Keynes. Uh, Milton Keynes. <laughs> um, yeah, just living on our own without my dad. Um, and yeah, so I would say that my mum has had definitely had the most influence in my life in, in kind of being brought up. She brought me up uh, very malaysian styles mm. <laughs> malaysian style. in what way like what what malaysian styles kind of so things? i guess uh just things like well food for starters like yeah. you know um pretty much everything we ate mostly was you know i would say 80 90 malaysian food um mm. or, or chinese food um mm. and then the rest uh the occasional pizza and or, <laughs> uh trip to kfc for their spicy hot wings um love it love yeah that. my mum like, we loves actually. those hot wings my mum <laughs> loves those hot wings too she does yeah. this really weird thing though where she takes the skin off the chicken before. oh and I'm like, but well, that's the best bit, mum. Yeah, like, that's literally, no one eats the chicken for the chicken. They eat it for <laughs> yeah, the skin. You, you eat it for the skin. That's She's weird. so odd. She's always, it is weird. I know. We were just talking about this last <laughs> night, actually. And I was just like, why do you do, why do you take us to KFC? And then you tell us to take the skin off the chicken. Yeah. Like, you can't do that to us as children that's as well. That's so strange. It's child cruelty. Like, I'm joking. I mean, I'd, I'd understand if it was eating the skin and throwing the chicken out. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, and, and just uh, the kind of people I hung out with, like my mum made friends. Um, so when we lived in Milton Keynes, it was kind of when there was a big explosion in Hong Kong expatriates moving over. Mm. So we had a, a big uh, Hong Kong-based community uh, in Milton Keynes. So a lot of the kind of social gatherings we had, like mum would have lots of people over for food. Like we'd have potluck lunches, um, oh, you know, at the weekend. Um, mm. I'd hang out with a lot of Hong Kong kids, um, and um yeah uh and i think i guess my mom just my mom's like work ethic and just like life ethic was yeah. more malaysian you know very hard working very kind mm. of i'm not saying that she's a stereotypical tiger mom because she she never really like um she wasn't one of those mum like these awful you know stereotypical mums that like you must get grade a or you're worthless and like you know you must do every single extracurricular activity otherwise you're bringing shame to my ancestors she was she was never like that she was always yeah she was always very supportive and she was always very careful about like stress like you know um Mm. you know she was always very supportive of me and like if something was really stressful or i was clearly overloaded she would you know pull me out of whatever class or sit down and talk and be like oh do you want to do this class like do you want to do like you know this musical instrument um that's great yeah so so yeah i would say you know i was brought up more malaysian than english Mm. um but also like not awful stereotype tiger mum yeah um yeah i think it was I, i was probably the same like with my parents my Drawers just opened by like by itself. That was so scary. Oh, you're haunted. It's just slid open. I'm haunted. <laughs> go away. I'm busy. <laughs> that's that's your ancestors being like, yeah. Why didn't you get right in? <laughs> yeah, well, you didn't do very well in school, Viv. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think like my parents were the same. Where like they wanted us to do well, but like they wouldn't berate us if we didn't get um like great, uh, really good grades. But mm-hmm. then in terms of the mental health, like you know, like checking in on you, I don't think. I think like my parents obviously like they they did their best. We had a great childhood, but mm-hmm. I don't think it would go as far as to be like, okay, so how how are you? Like actually, like, yeah, oh how yeah, are you doing kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that the other day, and like while my mum, you know, loves me and and very clearly loves me, and my dad as well actually. Um, and I was thinking about this, with my dad, because my dad, um, 
is a very traditional English upbringing. Mm. I think he had a rough kind of relationship with his parents. Um, yeah. And um, so I, I definitely think that there are moments in my life where my dad was almost a bit scared of how mm. to parent me, especially being a, a girl. Like, and yeah. he was a bit like, didn't really know what to do. Mm. So um, I think between the both of them, they were never really quick to say, I love you or, or mm. just say it or, or say like, you know, um, yeah. talk about mental health and things like that. Mm. But their, I guess the, the new modern phrase is love language, right? Their love yeah. language was doing things. So yeah. for mum, it was always food. You know, it was always, you know, food related things like cooking my favorite things, you know, when mm. I was upset or um, making sure that I had all the best cuts of the fish or the meat or whatever we had. Mm. You know, for my dad, yeah. my dad, it was always things like, so whenever he was back in England, um, it was be it would be things like, was, was just, uh, this is always the one example I go to when I was a teenager and I'd go out and I'd hang out with my friends late and mm. come home about 10, 11 o'clock when my parents mm. are asleep. And I'd always come home and there'd be a glass of water on my bedside table and my bedside lamp was turned on and my curtains yeah. were drawn. And that was oh. my dad. Yeah. Um, doing those things oh, or, or so he, or, yeah or he'd do things like take my car and like go get it washed and cleaned yeah. inside and out like when I came yeah. to see them so you know I'm absolutely not saying that my parents didn't love me or never showed it's just that they different I think yeah. they, they they couldn't say mm. I love you you know or, or be kind of forthright with hugs and kisses and stuff like that and on the same token with mental health like mental health just wasn't really a thing mm. either of them like I think they come from that generation, right, where mental yeah. health just isn't a thing. You're just a bit yeah. sad. Like cheer up, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, mm. like that. And that's something I think to this day, my mum and I still try and talk about. Where I say to her, like, you know, I think your attitude towards mental health sucks, <laughs> 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 and you need yeah. to consider it more. Because like, because I see yeah. it as well. Like I see my parents go through bouts of depression, and my mum's mm. just like, oh, your dad's being annoying, and I'm like. Why <laughs> is he depressed yeah like yeah. you know i you know there's some situations where i'm like my dad's showing classic symptoms of like anxiety or yeah. you know things like that or my mum as well you know my mum yeah. you know uh you know goes through little episodes and i'm like you know rather than getting bitchy and shouting mm. about it like mm. i think you need to like maybe see something but the idea of seeing no. like a therapist or a counselor or something like that oh my god i like, know yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah this is so interesting because it's the same with my family and like we brought it up before like would you ever go see someone and they're like why would i want to go and tell yeah. someone who i don't know my business and i'm like yeah it's confidential and it's much to help you and all this and so funny because my, my big sister she is a tr um, training to be a clinical psychologist so she's okay like, mental health is like her thing yeah but then yeah. like even like so my mum really supports what she does but then even then she's like i just don't understand why people will go see a therapist yeah yeah and yeah. and that's the thing is like i um so i saw uh, a therapist a couple of years ago when i was going through a particularly bad period of my life and i was like mm. okay i need to go and see someone like see see mm. someone about this and like my mom got really like defensive about she was like why do you need to go and talk to someone else about it why can't you talk to me about it and I was like because you're biased as hell and <laughs> like you know you're biased as hell and yeah. um you know your your uh answer to everything is like just kick ass or tell them to f off and it's like yeah. that's not that's not what the problem is mom. <laughs> like, like you know if your therapist told you to do that I'll just yeah. tell them to f off yeah 
And I'm like, you know, so I think therapy sessions with you, mum, as much as I love you, would be pointless. Yeah, it's not the same. It's really not the same. And I I remember doing the same, actually, um, when I... Well, I've had, like, therapy kind of on and off in my early 20s. And then um, when it was, like, I was in university, it was the first time I had it. And I was just, like, really anxious and stuff. And then I remember not telling my parents until, the like, towards the end of the sessions. And, like, actually, they were so receptive. I remember just, like, crying to them. I just went into their room one night and they were both in bed, like, lying there. like on their, They've got, like, separate mattresses that go up and down. And one of them was up and one of them was down. Oh like, those memory foam mattresses. I was just like... Dad, I've been going to see a therapist because I feel anxious. And they were just like, oh, okay, so how come you didn't tell us earlier and all this? And they were actually extremely receptive. Like, I think mm. they were just worried, worried for like, yeah. why um, I hadn't come to them earlier kind of thing. But and then same again when I, like, I had therapy again last year when I was going through a, like a traumatic time. And, but then I think my mum was the same then. She was like, why, why can't you speak to me about it? I'm like, I can, but there's yeah. so much you can do. Yeah. Like, yeah, it is. It is. I think it's a generational thing as well as there is a cultural thing in that. Um, obviously, my like my my Asian parents just don't. Sp- or maybe a British thing as well. I don't know. It's just a, a thing where we don't talk about our feelings. Full stop. Mental I health think, is just not talked about. Full stop. Yeah, I think enough. definitely like thinking about my dad coming from that kind of older generation of British people. Like, yeah, bottling yeah. up your emotions and not talking mm. about them until like it explodes like that's definitely yeah um but I was I was just thinking as well like I, I don't know if you if you feel this but like especially with my mum who is just mm. so ferociously caring um in her own way mm. I think one of the things that upsets her is that she can't fix it because yeah. she doesn't understand it because so so you know when when I was growing up you know things like oh I've cut myself or I've, I've got a cold or a flu mm. or you know, this is happening, these kind of physical illnesses, my mom would just go into, like, mum mode. And, like, mm. you know, she would make all the kind of uh, healing broths. You know, all the... I don't know if you had, like, you know, the broths yeah, that are, like, yeah. you know, chicken that's been boiled for 50 hours with ginger <laughs> and all the herbs yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, or, like, yeah, like, you know, she would, you know, she would know, especially with her medical training as a midwife, she would go into, like, super mum yeah. mode. But mm. with things like mental health... Um, you know, I think she gets very frustrated because she wants to fix it, mm. but she can't. And I think that's where she gets a bit defensive about it and a bit like yes, uh, angry and annoyed about it. And I, I think one expression, oh God, this is going to be so bad. Um, it's a Chinese expression and I can never remember exactly how to pronounce it, but it's basically about like it, it, the English translation is you're my heart, my liver and my lungs. Oh, so in Chinese culture, heart, liver, and lungs are considered the yeah. most uh, powerful, important mm. parts of a human, like the most important parts of existence mm. and, and being. So it may sound a bit weird saying your liver and your lungs, but um, <laughs> but like I think that's very much my mum's Chinese, Malaysian mother yeah. coming out of like, you are my heart, my liver, and lungs. So when mm. I hurt, she hurts. And so when it's something that I is wrong with me that she can't yeah. help fix it comes out as anger and defensiveness um, because she wants to fix it, but she can't. Like, no amount yeah. of Chinese broth in the world is going to fix it. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can cook me all the Chinese soup you want, mum, but it ain't going to fix this depression up here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, so so mm. I think that's part of it. That's a big part of it. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I totally agree. Like, we need to add in the brain in that as well, into that phrase. <laughs> is it Mandarin or... 
I think it's like, Mandarin. Yeah, I want to yeah. say it's like Xian Xianqi or something. Like, I don't know. I'm so my language is skills are so bad, and like, yeah, she's gonna kick my ass. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it was just something she would always say, like, you know, mm. my heart, my love, and my lungs. Yeah, you are oh. a part of me, and I am a part of you. You know, so I think yeah, you know it physically really hurts her when yeah. I'm not well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, one thing we we touched on before we started recording was like, um, so I have uh, been going through an illness for the last three and a half years now. Um, and it's a long-term illness. Um, not a lot is known about it. There's no cure. Um, and it has a lot, a whole range of mental, mental and physical symptoms. And my mum at first was really kind of like, we actually had a fight about it because, yeah. like, I was like, you're being an asshole, mum. Like, she was being yeah. an absolute asshole and, like, really deflective anytime I tried to talk to her about it. And mm -hmm. um, especially in the first year of being diagnosed, I was going through a lot of hospital tests, a lot of, um, you know, all kinds of tests and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of a bit weirded out because, like, for the first time in my life, mum was being a bit, like, uh, what's the word? Like, uh, like, doing it down, like, kind of just being like, oh, right. whatever, you know, like. Yeah. And then I realised it's because she's doesn't understand what it because no one mm. understands like you know and, it, and it's 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 a very poorly researched illness yeah and i think because she doesn't know what to do and mm. and so she's getting angry because she doesn't yeah. know what to do so now she doesn't really talk to me about it like you know and we've had long conversations but she goes through these phases where she just doesn't want to talk to me about it right. because i think it hurts her it hurts yeah. her to see me sick and Aww. you know going through a long-term illness that yeah she almost doesn't want to look at it almost. yeah oh um, i'm so sorry to hear that and it's almost one of those things where you fear what you don't know um and i think probably because your mom is obviously in the healthcare profession and she's she's mm -hmm. worked with people for you know with illnesses for years and everything it's it's one of those things where it's really yeah if you don't know something then you kind of like you block it out and yeah. that's your way of coping yeah. with with it and it must obviously you being her daughter and not being able and feeling helpless and not being able to do something yeah. must be must be really scary for her as yeah. a mother i can't even imagine yeah. how that feels absolutely and i think and mm. i think that's the thing is like that's her way of coping with it is mm. like almost not ignoring it but just sort of like trying not to talk about it but but at the same time like she you know she does things like oh the chinese broths are back on the menu so like you know i've <laughs> getting a lot of those again <laughs> um like yeah so the things that she knows how to do mm. she'll do um yeah. and she'll do it with like 110 percent um <laughs> but yeah like outside of that i think you yeah. know i see that helplessness in her which you know mm. i understand i understand like i absolutely understand like you know um but i do just sometimes wish i could just talk to her naturally about yeah. it yeah um yeah, I wonder what it's gonna take really for for that to be for that to open up. Like, because, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's so, alright. It's just you know, it's the ongoing trials of of you know your relationship oh, with your mum, isn't it? Yeah, like with your parents. Like exactly. you know, I, I feel like relationship with parents is such a complicated, complex, rewarding but also damaging thing. <laughs> like you know yeah. you, you go through phases right up and down up Massively. and down Massively. like while, while you're trying yeah. to figure it all out like yeah. yeah i know definitely like you i think as i've gotten older i've kind of really looked into like who i am and where this comes from and i'm like oh my god this floor is because of my parents like this <laughs> i am so fucked up because of my parents and how they raised <laughs> us but equally i'm the way i am like I, yeah. I have like traits that i love about myself and traits that i hate about myself and it's all down to our environment and our upbringing and and 
So, you know, it's, it's complicated, isn't it? Also, I've set up a coffee.com page. So basically, if you want to support the podcast and me for the price of an oat milk latte, then feel free to buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash it's Vivio. Yeah, really complicated. And I, I almost feel like sometimes as well, like there's an extra level of complication with having a Southeast Asian mum because the mother-daughter bond is so intense is it um yeah and like i i find that kind of going back to like i i you know i I went through a phase of reading a lot about especially chinese culture Mm. um like the mother-daughter bond Mm. um in in families with that like because obviously the the girl is given away from the family so Mm. um historically um in kind of especially in in poorer villages in, in china like there's cases of like mothers just not even really paying attention to their daughter because they know that one day they're going to have to give their daughter away and you know um and and so there's that kind of heartbreak the inevitable Mm. heartbreak and then going even further back to the time that china uh chinese uh culture because this actually came through to malaysian culture as well um Mm. through the peranakan through the chinese uh immigrants Mm. was uh binding feet so um doing the making the kind of lotus feet um so uh so my grandmother her grand her grand her grandmother Mm. yeah her was it was it her mother i think it might be my great grandmother actually I need to yeah. double check that, but but they're actually quite reasonably close in yeah. my heritage line. Uh, one of the women had her feet bound, and she was the last to have her feet wow. bound in in my in my ancestry line. Oh um, yes, yeah, so I I can't remember exactly if it's my great grandmother or my great great grandmother, but either yeah. way, that's still quite Not that close. Far, yeah, it's really close. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and one thing we have is her the 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 shoes that she used wow. to wear. Like the, these tiny, tiny little shoes mm. that she used to wear, mm. um, and that because so I, I don't know if people are aware, but Malaysia is you know built built from many different ethnicities, and my family line comes from mainland China, um, mm. so Peranakan Chinese immigration um, from uh, from the Straits all the way down to Malaysia. So that brought traditions like foot, feet binding. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the mother daughter relationship with that, you know, there's uh, there's a lot of talk of. Um, that I've read up on of how, you know, it's obviously an immensely cruel thing to do to your daughter is to break their feet when they're young, bind them like curled underneath each other and reset them. But the thing is, this was Mm. the thing that people did to give their children, give their daughters a chance in life Mm. because the neater that binding was and the smaller their feet were, the higher, the more, uh, the higher they could marry yeah so the higher circumstance they could marry into yeah so for you know for for a lot of mums even though it was an immensely cruel thing to do to your daughter they did it because they wanted to give their daughters a better life yeah um Mm. and and yeah so and then that was something that happened in in my family and and i do think that obviously we don't bind fee anymore and haven't done for a while but i do think that kind of sentiment sort mm. of carries through that idea of mothers wanting to do the very best like for their for their daughters yeah. like so that they can get further than they did yeah oh um, my god i'd be so screwed with my feet i've got size six feet so like which is quite i feel like it's quite big like i used to get teased I said, people used to call me clown feet 
Because, like, my ankles no. my ankles were small, but then I'd have, like, massive feet. Like, it was... Yeah. Like, I used to get teased for it in school because, like, they just looked oh in, not in proportion with the rest of my body. So my yeah. feet would be screwed if I ever had to buy Yeah, no, buy you, wouldn't, you wouldn't marry very well. You'd probably end up being married to a butcher or something like that. Oh, um, I mean, that's not too bad. At least you get fed. You know. In in old society, that was the worst, right? Because they believe in in karma and reincarnation, right? No. And so, like being a butcher who kills all these animals, it was seen as like the lowest of the low, on oh, like you yeah. know the hierarchy. Yeah, like yeah, it was seen yeah. as like a dirty, a dirty job. You know. Yeah, I'd be um, so screwed. I'd yeah, be... yeah. <laughs> Or you'd be married off to like the seventy-year-old uh, new bachelor, you know, the guy who's like all his other wives have died. As long as he, as long as he has fortunes to leave me when he dies, it's not too bad. You've got what ten years with him, twenty years, and then yeah. and then he's gone, and then you're you're set for life. Then so you, know, you can make you can make the best out of a bad situation sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's really interesting though, hearing about hearing about your family and growing up. So you're like kind of we've not even touched on half the stuff that I want to talk about yet. Oh my god, sorry. No, this is it's really great. I love it when this happens when we just talk and talk and talk and talk. And so, meander off. So I want to talk about your career because I think it's just mm-hmm. fascinating hearing kind of what you're doing. Um so you, you started off you used to be a presenter. How did you get into presenting? <laughs> I mean, that's not even where it started. Um, okay, go, go back, s- go back, go back. I started as a sound engineer. Right. Um, so when I was 18, 19, I started mm. doing work experience um, at various uh, clubs, like not not um, like nightclubs, but like, you know, rock and roll bars, mm. uh, rock and roll granddad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the rock and roll bar. <laughs> Music venues. There we go. Um I so that. I used to, I used to do a lot of work experience there, and then when I went to university, I went to go and train in being a sound engineer. Mm. Um, and I specifically wanted to work in live sound because mm. I really loved live music. Um, you know, I loved working with bands. Um, so you know, that's kind of where I I wanted to specialize in. Um, and then I graduated, and um, unfortunately, I had a few bad experiences, um, as you may imagine, in the world of rock and or roll. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, with the kind of misogyny and sexism and the sort of, you know, sex, drugs and rock and roll lifestyle of live venues. Um, So I kind of decided what else do I want to do? And I had a couple of years of just bopping around doing jobs. And I ended up up becoming a journalist for video games magazines. Mm. Um, So official PlayStation magazine, Xbox magazine, all of this, which brought me to Bath. But part of my degree when I was training to be a sound engineer was in video editing and filming and using cameras. And, you know, I made many a uh, crappy um, <laughs> music video for various <laughs> bands that I was working with. Oh my God, they're so bad, but I had so much fun doing it. So as, as I, you know, got stuck into being a video games journalist, um, obviously with the decline of print media and the kind of rise of website media, online media, mm. one thing that I started pushing for was, um, making videos about video games rather than writing about them and then pushing for a YouTube presence and Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, And then one way or another, that ended up with me becoming freelance, a freelance video editor, um, which is where I ended up with the Yogscast, who are in Bristol. So they're a group of YouTubers. Mm. Um, So I actually began with them as a, a video editor. Um, But because I'd been dabbling in presenting, so when I was doing the kind of new media journalism stuff I did mm. a, a few hosting like you know kind of hosting reviews and um you know uh, that sort of thing so I said do you know what 
I want to start up a YouTube channel and I want to be the host. And that, as they say, is history. Yeah. You know, I, I started my own YouTube channel under the Yogcast banner. Mm. Um, and yeah, that was a good four or five years of, you know, I, I used to do reviews, but then mm. I also did like Let's Plays, so Minecraft Let's Plays. Mm. Um, that's probably where I became the most famous was mm. playing Minecraft with my friend Duncan. Um, and then along the way, like, because I kind of had this experience being a presenter and a host, I picked up a few jobs, um, you know, extra jobs kind of presenting things for CBBC, mm. um, for uh, BAFTA, BAFTA Games, nice. um, you know, various, yeah, various weird and strange jobs. Amazing. Um, and yeah, and interviewing lots of cool people as well. Like I got to interview um, the creator of uh, Mario and the creator of Zelda, no Legend way. of Zelda. Like, oh my God, like two of my biggest heroes in my yeah. life. Um, Do they live up to expectations? Oh yeah, they are the nicest people in the oh, world. Oh good. my gosh. Good. Like they were so cool and so fun to talk to because they're definitely creatives yeah like they're definitely you know those guys who look at the world and go well what if we you know yeah. what mm. if we do it like this you know and mm. they, they they were so much fun and very passionate to talk to um Miyamoto-san and, and Tezuka-san wow and um I also interviewed like the creator of Tetris that was funny cool um, how old like, are they like uh, they've been around for like yeah he must be like mid 50s 60s yeah like really crazy russian dude who just like Incredible. had the biggest laugh in the world like he <gasps> he loved incredible. to laugh like yeah um so i guess yeah and that's where i am now is mm. i'm still kind of in this uh world where i i present like i do i do uh video games related presenting and hosting mm. and um yeah and then i also do my own streams where i muck around in video games and I love dungeons it. and dragons yeah. dungeons and dragons <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the fact that like because you you went on YouTube first and then you you migrated over to Twitch for a while and then you eventually started yeah. YouTube back up now or do uh, you not still, really or no you don't my really do... yeah my YouTube channel's dead uh, <laughs> it's dead <laughs> I think it's just gone. in that that way that new media moves very quickly yeah um I think the kind of golden age of YouTube is done and really now it's the golden mm. age of Twitch mm. um so unless you are you know you do a viral like yeah. uh, uncle roger um mm. or you were very bi uh, established in the first place i think youtube is not really a great platform right now mm. um so right now i use my youtube channel basically I, I do my streams and then i cut down the recordings from those streams into youtube videos yeah um so i don't i don't specifically make content for youtube yeah. i don't make um dedicated content yeah um it's i think um seeing your twitch community like from just the the impact that they had on the end the virus of racism campaign and just how incredibly supportive they are like i've mm. never like I, I, i've so i've worked in influence marketing for years i used to manage youtubers that was my job yeah. um and then like just going over to twitch and kind of just seeing like just from your your audience alone and just reading about just how the audiences are just so 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 supportive of course and yeah it's almost it's it's entirely different it's like the relationship is really kind of um it's very two two-way transactions yeah rather than just you post something online then you read the comments afterwards and you might interact with them every so often it's a very two-way thing that requires both your, you and your community to make it and i work. i think that's exactly why twitch you know a lot of youtubers are 
going over to Twitch, mm. not only because the money is better, <laughs> but because, I mean, for me, the relationship with the audience is so much better. It's immediate. It's there. Yeah. You are talking to people live, yeah. you know, and they are replying in chat. And, mm. and it, it, it almost drives your content as well. Like, you'll do a stream and you'll ask a question and people will answer. And, like, and that drives the content. Whereas, like, as you said before, with YouTube, I mm. sit in a room. I record, I put it up, yeah. and then like I read the comment, and and I'm like, yeah, no, that that was fine at the time, but yeah. I am much more interested now in like working with my community. I, mm. I am much more invested in talking to them live and seeing the regular names pop up and the mm. crazy memes that we you know the in jokes that we create and stuff like that and like you said like it's a very supportive community i i yeah. knew when i would do when i when i said that i would do the end the virus of racism fundraiser i knew that yeah all the all the kids would come out and 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 support it especially because yeah. you know i'm i'm very thankful that they support me and i am mm. you know southeast asian and this is a cause very close to my heart so mm. i i was so thankful to, to everyone who came out and and like and also in my community I've got you know uh, some members of the community who are going out and doing their own streams to raise their yeah. money um, for EVR which is you know that's, that's amazing. amazing like that is so cool you know yeah. Um, and and yeah like uh, so I think I think that's the thing for me that attracts me to Twitch mm. over YouTube you know YouTube can vary a very solitary experience whereas with Twitch I can actually engage with the yeah. audience far far faster and, and get the feedback as well get the immediate feedback have a conversation and yeah. get to know people like you know i think that's what i love about it yeah definitely i think it's kind of like um we're, we're in terms of like my own job as well we are putting forward way more twitch kind of proposals than we ever were just for, for that reason because it's such a it's so new in terms of like the branding side mm. of it like with brands working on there it's still such an untouched platform but actually there's so much opportunity there to do to do more on twitch mm. um and and the people are just so nice your fans are so <laughs> lovely what are they called the community so k-i-m community, community. <laughs> love it love it do you, do you get recognized often when you when you go out and about uh i used to when i was when i was more active on on youtube so mm. kind of in the golden age of uh youtube i i got recognized a lot more i don't get recognized um as much now but honestly a lot of that is because again like online media is so transient like yeah. you know it's so immediate and now and it's like mm. you know hype one week forgotten the next and and i'm not saying that with any kind of like mm, people don't recognize me anymore <laughs> like um you know it's just the format it's the format that yeah. we're on like mm. that's 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 the thing and and i think the thing is is like i had to take a break um mm. you know so i did about four or five years on youtube and crossing over to twitch and then i had to take a two-year break because of health reasons mm. and two years is a long time in mm. online media um and even though i was still doing high rollers which was the D show every sunday i wasn't doing my own content mm. for two years so i lost a big chunk of my audience like yeah. you know even now on my youtube channel when i put vods up i still get people being like oh my god i didn't realize your channel was still um active yeah. you know and, and i'm like i mean why would you you know yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah you know um so you know I, I i dare say yeah my popularity has gone down mm. but uh you know because i took a two-year break and then kind of didn't make much of a deal about coming back mm. um but i mean that's not what it is about for me mm. i i i love the community i have yeah. um, they're very caring and they're very you know uh personable and so 
yeah I don't I don't get people recognizing me so much anymore but that's great because mm. it doesn't it means I don't have awkward Alan Partridge moments <laughs> <laughs> like the worst the worst moment I've ever had was um so when I was when I was popular <laughs> before time um I I had just come back from LA uh covering E3 which is a big a it's the biggest um, video games convention mm. in the kind of calendar and it happens about June every mm. year, apart from this year, um, obviously. Um, <laughs> and I just come back from a really intense week of uh, covering a convention mm. and I was in the supermarket, like literally having just got off the plane and I was like, I have no food or anything in my house, so I need mm. to go to the supermarket. Pretty sure I still stank of plane. <laughs> and I was, going around, stank. I was going around Sainsbury's and unfortunately, it was a Sainsbury's that was next to uh, a high school and it was lunchtime and there were loads <laughs> of school kids. Oh, no. And I just, I remember pushing my trolley down one of the aisles mm. and I heard a bunch of boys like <gasps> just whispering in an aisle. Yeah. And then I just heard this, Yuck's cost! Yuck's cost! And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and oh, no. one of the boys came up to me and, and did the awkward conversation and asked for a oh. selfie. And I'm like... I have like yeah. plain stank on me. Yeah. I haven't slept in 24 hours. Mm. Like I had huge bags under my eyes, like no oh, makeup. No. I was wearing just like whatever mm. crappy t-shirt. I could smell myself. <laughs> and so I was just bad. like, yeah, I was just taking this picture of this boy being like, <laughs> I'm having the time of my life. And then I was kind of surreptitiously looking in my, in my, in my basket, in my trolley being like, I hope I haven't bought anything weird. So yeah, I'm kind of yeah. glad for it because yeah, none of that happens anymore. The other, it's the humbling, other best, the, humbling. Yeah, the best, the best experience I ever had was mm. when someone came up to me in Bath City Centre when my parents were with me. Oh my god! And yeah, perfect. Like, yeah, mm. and they asked for selfies and all this, and they were very excited. And my mum was just off her tits with glee. <laughs> she was just gleefully like. <laughs> Tell me about yourself then, like you know, just like freaking wicked witch of the east, just like asking these kids all about their lives, and like she was like, "I'll take a picture, I'll take a picture," and then she was like, "You take a picture with me, take a picture with me," and I was oh, like, "I like, I love that so yeah. much." and and meanwhile, my dad's just yeah, my dad just stood there like, "What is going on? I don't mm. really understand." And and afterwards, my dad was like, "Did you know those people?" I was like, "No, I don't know those people, <laughs> yes, Dad." I planted them. <laughs> I <Yeah>. paid them. <laughs> Like I said, very Alan Partridge. That like. is hilarious. <laughs> that is so funny. It actually, like, the, the first time, like, it happened to me very recently with, with this mm. podcast. I was in a, it was so funny because I was on a date as well, a second date <gasps> with someone. And then someone noticed my name on a, we were in an Asian restaurant, and then a listener noticed my name on the track and trade date. <laughs> And then he came up to me and went, excuse me, are you Viv? And I was like, I was so confused. I was like, yeah. And I thought I'd done something wrong. Like I was just like, yeah. shit, what have I done? And like I was like ready to run from the restaurant. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I'll listen to your podcast. And he's actually called Daniel. Hi, Daniel, if he's listening. Um, and um, <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, I'm so happy this happened. <laughs> this date. Yeah, in the middle of a like, date what? as well. Yeah, that clout. Like, yeah, I'm kind of a thing. I'm just such a big deal. Just, so, you I'm know. Kind, kind, kind of a thing, you know? Like, um. <laughs> So when I I started dating my now husband and I met him on OK Cupid, so I did a little bit ah. of the online dating as well while I was peak yeah. Yogg's Cast Kim. Right. So how was and that then? It was so <laughs> like I lied on my profile 
so hard. Like I just said I was a video editor. Like I said I was a video editor. Like, yeah, I never talked about anything I did. I was like, I kind of, you know, I'm interested in in video games. And and the funny thing as well is the photo that I used was one of my stock photos that I'd released (laughs) as Yorkscast Kim because I inevitably got a few fans who found my profile (gasps) and were like, is this Kim? Like, is this Kim? Mm. But is this Kim? And I was just like, oh my God. So the reason I used the stock photo was because then it could seem like, it was fake, fake right because yeah. that photo was out there as yeah. part of the Yorkscast Kim branding yeah. so I just never replied to them like whereas if I'd used a personal photo that had never been seen like yeah. that maybe but like that's the kind of bonkers crap I had to think about oh and I'm really gosh. not saying this to be like I'm really not no, saying this to no, be you like do have oh yeah yeah my ego is so big like i had to use a yeah. fake name and you can everything tell your ego is massive <laughs> it's just like it's galactic so did like so did you would you ever like would you ever have dated a fan if, no even if no. they were like super cool no like you just aligned. because you just but they were you like don't a cool what... fan they were like not like oh my god i'm obsessed with you fan they're just like I... i'm cool i watch your videos so i know of you but i'm not bothered the power dynamics not right though yeah it's you not just right. you would never know you would never know yeah. why they are interested in you and and i think this is something um you know that's come about is like it is is the term parasocial uh, parasocial relationships mm. The person that you know as Yogscast Kim mm. is not Kim Richards. Yeah. So, you know, I put on this person. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not dissimilar and there's not elements yeah. that cross over. Mm. But the person that people see on YouTube, on Twitch, is different to the person in, in, in my quiet, in my personal life. Yes. You know, when the, when the cameras are turned off. Mm. So... You would never know if that person, if you were to date that person, if they are attracted to Yogscast Kim. Yeah. Or if they understand that I am different and I have different things off, you know, different likes, different dislikes, different personality quirks yeah. off camera. Because, mm. you know, I, you know, so a little example, like I imagine that people um, who know Yogscast think, think I'm a hilarious social, socialite, you know, who's the life and soul of the party, always cracking jokes and like, you know, always happy and yeah. laughing and stuff like that. And but the reality is, I'm a miserable antisocial git off screen. <laughs> like I, I have no social life. I, you know, mm. especially now in the COVID times. Mm. Um, and my favorite thing to do is just sit around in my pants, like just <laughs> you know, with a with a with a snarl on my face. Um, <laughs> you know, just hating on everything basically. <laughs> so That's you know, uh, I'm generalizing obviously, but like I just I would never feel comfortable dating a fan because I would just never know where that power dynamic. Mm was i would never know where that relationship dynamic was um and you know i've met some very nice fans who seem like very genuine people very switched on very mature people yeah but i just i just i wouldn't feel comfortable with it i wouldn't yeah. feel comfortable no you're right. right i think there is an element of like you're put on a pedestal whether whether they choose to or not they have already perceived you to be a certain way when mm. yeah no I, I totally understand that so your, your husband you, the, he didn't know you were on not social for a while. media or anything yeah yeah not for a while like so i mean yeah. it did eventually come out because obviously like when when we started kind of being serious and like i did actually have to sit down and be like okay so i've kind of lied to you about a few things seriously so you <laughs> tell them until like you got serious like the fact that you were just did he not google you though because i fucking i stalk everyone that i date like no he I didn't oblivion. I he didn't no um but like yeah well i'm not saying it it wasn't it wasn't a giant period of time it was like you know i guess because like the first few dates like because you don't know where you're gonna go on the first few days you know you know you don't know how serious you're gonna go yeah but when we when we kind of were going towards i think it must have been like six months in 
Six months? Um, Kim, that is such a long time. That is half a year. <laughs> like, I'm Look, just surprised he wouldn't have Googled you in that time. I need to be courted and I need to be... <laughs> I need, I'm very old-fashioned. I need to know before yeah. I let you... I'm a very private person. I'm a very, very private, That's which clearly, is hilarious. Clearly. Um... But I'm, I mean, okay, here's the thing, right? Mm. My audience didn't know I was dating someone until I said everyone a month before I got married. By the way, I'm getting married next month. Shit. <laughs> it, that's hilarious. <laughs> so like, I just, it's, it's so funny because like, you think you because you're on this platform that people know everything about your life because they can see into your home. They yeah. can see you. They spend like three hours with you streaming, whatever. But then yeah. actually like, you only show what you want people to, to know. And that's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean about parasocial relationships is like, mm. you don't actually know, like, you know, I think, you know, because Twitch and YouTube are very personable platforms, they are very intimate platforms. And like I say, I have a really good relationship with my, um, with my audience. Yeah. But you don't actually know the person on the other side of the camera. You don't know what happens. Like, you know, um, so we're recording this on Zoom and Viv can see into my recording yeah. space, you know, which is, is my studio with a bookshelf behind me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very per it's a very personal mm. scene. It's a very intimate scene. And if you join me on Twitch, you'd see the same thing. Yeah. But you don't know what's outside of that door. No. Like, you know, you don't you don't know what's outside of this camera here. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, you 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 only see what that influencer, what that streamer mm. shows you. And so I kept ted hidden for god knows what four years four years and then we got married <laughs> wow, um and I, I and i only and even then mm. i i told everyone i i made it publicly known a month before we got married mm. and even then i didn't talk about him um for another year another mm. two years yeah. um like i just carried on as if that hadn't happened and it's only like it's only recently it's only this year that i actually did a stream with him and i was like meet ted this is ted <laughs> this is my husband like gg <laughs> And I talk about him now, and and it's only because only now I feel comfortable talking about my private that that aspect of my <laughs> yeah. private life. Yeah. Um, Does GG you know, mean good like... game? By the way. <laughs> Sorry. You said GG. Does that mean? Oh yeah, good game. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I just wanted to. I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna start using that. GG. Yeah. GG. Yeah. yeah. Good game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so, you know, there are things that I don't feel comfortable sharing, you mm. know, and that was one of them. Like, it was an intensely private part of my life. We're going to go on to, mm. thank you for sharing all of that. I think it's really yeah. fascinating hearing about your career. Um, we're going to go on to the last part of the podcast, the segment okay. called... Is it the little uh, quiz thing that you're going to do? You have no idea. No idea. <laughs> it's, it's, it's I listen to this podcast. Come on. <laughs> it's the quiz thing. Oh. <laughs> How Asian are you? I love that you're just dancing away. <laughs> love it. So, how Asian are you, Kim? So, oh obviously, having listened to this, you know that this is basically um, poking fun at the tropes and stereotypes that we as Asians experience. Um, and you get a point if you can answer yes to any question and then okay. you don't get a point if you, you answer no. Question number one. Do you own a rice cooker? Yeah. <laughs> it's very simple. simple. I was going to say, I was going to be worried about this because as, as a mixed race, you know, white um, yeah. Asian kid, like, I don't know, how Asian am I? That You know, th oh, this is a question yeah. I... I do think about a lot is like oh, how yeah. Asian am I like yeah um yeah. but 
I've considered whether to keep this segment because I know yeah. that for a lot, your identity is so, you know, complicated. And I was like, is this going to trigger anyone or make people feel shit about themselves if they're not? Oh no, I think I think yeah, like not to turn this into a serious, like this fun segment yeah. into a serious bit, but I think <laughs> um, it's something that I've definitely tussled with my whole mm. life. Is mm. well am I a POC and you know am I a person of color am I what am I because I'm mixed race so I'm like Mm. and I'm white and Southeast Asian so Mm. but like I said like I was brought up by my mum predominantly you know with a Southeast Asian influence so Mm. what am I I mean certainly when I joined the EVR group Mm. certainly at the beginning I had a little bit of like do I have a right to be here because I'm mixed like I wasn't even sure like you know I, I wasn't you know, I, I think definitely it's it's a journey that I have been exploring a lot, especially because in my life I have been bullied for being, mm. well, I've been bullied for being white and I've been mm. bullied for being Southeast Asian and yeah. um, and I've been bullied for being mixed race, yeah. um, you know. So, um, you know, even with kind of close friends, you know, up until this year, like sometimes they've made jokes where I'm just a bit like, oh, but I... I don't know yeah. am I like am I Asian yeah. am I considered Asian or whatever and yeah I've, I've had some pretty shitty experiences with it so I think yeah it's, yeah. it's a very interesting question it I'm is. not offended by this segment though I'm not offended by it it's a fun okay. segment I'm just gonna put that you know not I'm not here to make you feel bad Viv about your little <laughs> podcast like, <laughs> your podcast is shit your, your podcast is problematic <laughs> it's so problematic you need to stop it <laughs> No, I, I certainly can, um, like, well, I can't imagine what it's like to be someone who who is mixed. And I think, like, I've spoken to quite a few people who have who've identified as, like, well, like, as Eurasian. Have they said, like, I'm mm. both from, mm. um, like, somewhere within Europe and also Asian as well. And they feel like that kind of sums them up a bit more. And, like, I've heard, uh, I was speaking to um, a friend who is, she identifies as Eurasian. And she said, you know, I'm not, I'm not half of this. I'm not half of that. I, I grew up in china then i moved to switzerland like i'm from everywhere i'm from the world Mm. like why can't i be a whole of everything like yeah and i think that's yeah that's interesting and that's the complicated thing Mm. as well because i've lived in so many different places like where the hell like when people say where are you from like i don't i don't know i'm a child of the world every i'm a child (laughs) of the universe um (laughs) just put that that in your bios yeah, no, because I think it's it's com- it's complicated, right? Because I just you mm-hmm. know I've had I've had experiences. I've had my English grandmother, um, yeah. who was very unhappy with my dad marrying a Malaysian woman, oh, no. um, mm. and she used to call me a mongrel, um, oh, you know. So cool. uh, dead now, it's fine. Um, and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> that dark kid. It's fine. Um, and. No, but obviously, you know, it's awful that she said that, but product of its time, yeah. like, you know, yeah. older generation, blah, blah, blah. Um, mm. And then <laughs> I've had things like, I've had a crappy ex-boyfriend who, um, f- uh, we were we were meant to go out to Malaysia um, mm. to do, we were long, long enough in our relationship that I was like, you know, I really want you to meet my Malaysian family because I don't really have a big English family. So I was mm. like, let's go to Malaysia and you can see the other side of who I am. And um, we had a big argument because he <laughs> he revealed to me that instead of spending his money on the ticket that I thought he'd bought, uh, yeah. he'd spent all the money on some very nice, fancy Sennheiser noise-canceling headphones. Um, and start, he, he defended himself by shouting, we don't need to go back there anyway. You're British. You have a British passport. You're not Malaysian. Oh, um, what? So, yeah. So that... Fuck. That fucked with my head for a long time, a very, very long time. And How? and sometimes, yeah. 
I'm yeah. gobsmacked. I cannot believe. Oh my god, that is just fucking gaslighting as hell, isn't it? But but that kind of sat with me for a long time oh, because then imagine. because because I've been you know bullied a lot and I've experienced kind of mm. racism on both sides of the spectrum on all mm. all sides of the spectrum. Um, you know, it kind of it messed with me for a long time where I was like am I white? Am I, mm. you know, should I be talking about, like, do I pass? Do I, what do I even look like? Yeah. You know, I, you know, I sometimes look in the mirror and I'm like, what do I, I don't even know what I look like. You know, I remember when yeah. I was younger, like I, I really wanted to get plastic surgery to make yeah. me look more one way than the other, Yeah, you know? Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. And like, yeah. So it's definitely something, especially, you know, with the, you know, joining EVR this year, like it's something I've just really struggled to, uh to come to a conclusion on really like what am i i don't know what i am what am mm. i and but but in joining evr it has helped a lot because i've had some really productive conversations with yeah. people um and and also just the support like no one's questioned me i kind of was waiting for someone to question me in evr and be like yeah but you're mixed white so should you be here like i was oh i was kind of waiting for it. i know but i was kind of waiting for it but yeah you know and and i've I, if there's one thing i'm grateful for this year it's it's finding my voice because i've been quite quiet yeah. about like you know southeast asian issues and racism yeah. and stuff like that mm. same and I, same yeah yeah i know yeah. and i'm glad and it's and it's sad that it's taken something like covid and on the racism yeah. that we're experiencing globally for it to get to this point but i think something something has to snap at some point and i think that this was it for me when it came to mm. kind of like racism towards our communities was just like just how it was happening so much and something needed to be done so i think I, I have been like sleepwalking and like being quite passive about what was going on in yeah. terms of like, it was so normalized, wasn't it? Racism. The model minority. Yeah. It's the model minority myth. Yeah. And then like yeah. now, now like it's amazing that you're using your platform to talk about mm. it. Like I think, and finding this community of people who want just like we, we moan about it, but then we actually do something about it too has been so empowering just seeing mm. other people like you actually being like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something about this. I'm gonna use my use my platform for good and yeah. actually raise some money to combat this. And I think it's um it's been so inspiring seeing so many people actually band together to to fucking speak up. It's really yeah. great to see. Yes. Yeah, and I and I will say like, you know, Obviously, I've I've really brought the tone, the jovial tone of this section down. But um, <laughs> just quickly before we go back no, to no, talking no. about rice cookers, I'm, I'm so happy <laughs> to carry on, carry on. Before we go back to rice cookers, um, <laughs> I do want to say like a big thank you to my Twitch community as well because yes. they've helped me figure out my identity as well. Because oh, at yeah. first, when I first started wanting to talk about being Southeast Asian, and mm. um, like I, I was. I was a bit. I was waiting. I was waiting for people to come. I don't know why. I was waiting for these imaginary yeah. people to come out and be like, "But you're white, Kim. Um, you know, or you're mixed. Like, should you really be talking so vocally about this?" Yeah. But my community have been so supportive and Possibly. helped me in a way figure out my identity, yeah. um, and made me feel a lot more confident talking about it. They've been so receptive. They've, they've, you know, are that some members of the community have kind of engaged in really productive, constructive, you know. Mm difficult but good conversations about race and identity and yeah so i just want to say if any of you listening like a big thank you for for helping me mm. you know it's still ongoing but helping me kind of on this journey of figuring out who the hell i am and what that my is identity so is that is so, so yeah. lovely that you like that they've been a part of that and your yeah. growth i think that is like yeah the twitch any twitch listeners you guys are incredible 
absolutely whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. love the community love them. <laughs> yeah so that that is lovely um yeah. should we go into question number two yeah rice cookers <laughs> this is rice a really random <laughs> rice cookers <laughs> so you get one point so far this is a really <laughs> random one and you might be like what the fuck okay uh, do your eyelids turn into triple eyelids if you're talking oh this is from your weird like your your weird voyage into discovery on instagram <laughs> recently isn't it of having yeah. triple eyelids i've gone back to normal now actually but um back to yeah normal. they were so, tri- triple for a while have you ever had that before no, so can you explain this? Because like I was trying to follow your Instagram stories, and I I couldn't really like Quite like what <laughs> what was going on with your eyelids. <laughs> My eyelids, right? I don't know. It's just one day I woke up. Like I used to get this a lot when I was younger, actually, but not so much in my adult life. But then like they just turn. So like I've got like a uh, double. Well, it's kind of like you can. There's a bit of skin there. Anyway, it's like, like a line. Mm. But sometimes like when i'm tired or something and it just get, it creases I just get again more, it gets more yeah, yeah. You get more creases yeah and then it's not so, equal on and i did a, I yeah. did a bloody photo shoot on wednesday with my triple <laughs> eyelid so like which is fine but it's like that's not how i usually look it's your tired um, lid <laughs> my tired lid yeah so yeah. i think and like quite a few people actually messaged me like i get this too when i'm tired mm. um but then i, I know I think... a lot of people were like what the fuck <laughs> Yeah, I don't know because I don't, I don't, um, I don't wear a lot of makeup, mm. so I don't really it. know the state of my yeah. eyelids. But I think because <laughs> I'm, I think because I'm mixed race, I've yeah. kind of my eyelids are in a weird, they're weird because mm. I get that thing where you put eyeshadow on it and then you open your eye and then oh you can't see goes. any of it, yeah. like it goes away. I don't know what is that monolid or like uh there's monolid and then there's there's hooded lid as well like a hooded i think i I have a hooded lid yeah you've got Um, a hooded lid i i've got a slightly hooded lid but then yeah yeah, like you can't you can see the eyeshadow when i lift my head up like this yeah (laughs) but when like yeah yeah I don't really know makeup very well, but I just know this yeah. from when my friend who's a makeup artist did my makeup for my wedding two years ago and mm. she actually ended up looking for tutorials. So she's um, English, white English, yeah. but she started looking at tutorials for um, Korean eyelids like to yeah. try and kind of figure out how to do my eyeliner and eyeshadow and stuff like that. But I'm so kind of like a half mix. I'm like, I'm halfway there. I'm not yeah. quite like a mono lid so yeah. but i mean i do get i do get twitchy eyes when i'm i'm quite tired yeah. like my eye twitches i don't know if i get the triple lid though so <laughs> i'll have to i'll have to see next time i'm really tired i'll have yeah. to go and examine You'll myself in the notice mirror. It if, if, yeah. if it happens you're like fuck where did that extra yeah. crease come where, from yeah, yeah really i think i'm gonna i'm gonna say no i'm gonna say no i don't okay. think i get a triple a triple lid yeah i've already like, given you a no it sounded like yeah. it was a no from that but we'll move on to the next one <laughs> next question <laughs> Do you use chopsticks to do things other than eat with? Yeah. Does that make sense, that question? Like, I scramble my eggs with them. Yeah. Cook with them. Um, I use them to, like, you know, when you drop something in a really difficult place and you need to, like, something slim to kind of pick it up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But always the two, not the one. I can never use the one chopstick. I don't know what it is. There's something in my soul that I cannot use a singular chopstick. It just, like, (laughs) it hurts me. It hurts me. Um... (laughs) But yeah, I um yeah I do th- I do that a lot. Yeah, chopsticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I le- I learned how to use chopsticks before I learned how to use um knife and fork and spoon and fork. I think we did too, actually. I think yeah. we did I had as like, well. I had the little babby one. I don't know if you Aww. had this like they're half size pink ones. Yeah, pink chopsticks. I had yeah. those. Were they joined at the top or were they like no. singular? No, no, I never, I never had yeah. the. 
the rubber band trick. The um, rubber band. Yeah, my dad would teach our like white boyfriends that trick every time they would come <laughs> over for dinner. Just get he'd be like, be right back. Go go to the kitchen, come back with a rubber band. Be like, here you go. Try this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, question yeah. number four. It might be quite a big one. This one. Okay. Okay. Have you ever been fetishized? Oh God, yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 I um I was talking about this with um Ted the other night because I was talking about um. I don't know if you've seen The Boys, which is a series on Amazon at the moment. Um, no, but I've heard it's good though. Um, yeah, so it's good. Slight problematic approach to the mm. one main Southeast Asian character that they Shit. have in it. Okay. Um, it okay. kind of falls into that really mucky territory of like they've gone for the silent dragon lady trope where yeah. she's mute, um, so she doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very much like she's a dragon lady, but also a wilting butterfly as well. And she's mm. hurt and she needs you know she needs the love of a good man yeah to sort out so i'm kind of you know yeah so it's um it's a bit icky Mm -hmm. there but i was talking to ted about fetishization and how this kind of representation is dangerous because Mm. it means that people think that that's what actual southeast asians are like and in my experience when i was younger i certainly met men who thought that I would be kind of the quiet, subservient, put my hand over my mouth when I laugh. <laughs> um, Shit, you know, I do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, love anime. Love love the animes, <laughs> even though... And, and that is actually yeah. something that I really hate. Like, when I yeah. started my YouTube career and became this kind of online personality, mm. um... I started attracting the the, the weeaboo community, like the anime uh, fans. Mm. And people automatically assumed, a lot of people automatically assumed that I watched anime. And I don't. I don't like anime. It's just not my, it's not my favorite thing. It's not, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's not for me. It's not Mm. something I enjoy watching. um, Unless it's Pokemon. (laughs) um but even then um but yeah like but there were so many people who automatically assume because i'm you know mixed race southeast asian yeah i know about anime and it's like i don't know anything about anime i don't know anything about it um Mm. so yeah definitely been fetishized um Mm. and and yeah had some close calls on dates with people who turned out to be chasing that you know chasing that asian fantasy (laughs) oh my god i know and then it's the worst when you find out afterwards and you're like great like i said that little voice yeah oh no (laughs) (laughs) it happened again um last one which i think is that it's um pretty obvious one do you game (laughs) (laughs) have no idea kim (laughs) definitely haven't built a career out of it (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I dabble with the video games. You dabble, don't you? You just dabble in and out of games. it. games, yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So you've got one, two, three, four okay. points out of five. Hey. Sounds, sounds pretty Asian to me. Well done. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> I've just realised as well, this whole time that we've been doing this, I've had a pot of Tiger Bomb on my oh desk. Oh my God, I love um, it. So, yeah, does that count as a bonus? Oh, <laughs> bonus yeah, bonus. <laughs> five out of five for Kim. <laughs> Bonus point because you've just got tiger palm that she's just holding yeah, in her hands just, right now. Just there you go. Love it. <laughs> well, <laughs> smells good. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kim. Do you have anything Thank you, you. want to plug? Anything you want to share? 
Um, well, I guess on a personal level, if you enjoy Dungeons and Dragons, um, and uh, come check out High Rollers D and D. That's probably the thing I'm more invested in than my mm-hmm. own <laughs> Twitch stuff. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, I'm part of a group called High Rollers D and D. We stream 5 p.m. BST on Sundays and 8 p.m. BST on Thursdays, um, and we're running a homebrew campaign at the moment. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, High Rollers D and D on all yeah. the things. Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, yeah, all of them. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Um, and then, as ever, um, yeah, I guess right now, uh, if you want to check me out on Twitch, um, I'm kind of really just using it to spread the word of end the virus of racism. So, if you want to help out uh, tackling uh, racism and hate crimes against East and Southeast Asian people in the UK, help us fund the UK's first ever um, foundation to help tackle these things by both going to the government and setting up support networks and all these plans we have and want to do, Mm. but we need money to actually found the damn thing first. Um, So check out the crowdfunder. Even a pound, a pound would make a big difference. Um, Exactly. So yeah, go do that. No worries. Go do that, everyone. Yeah, Yeah, do it. Cheers for being on. It's been amazing. Thank you. It's Thanks for so, having me. I feel me. like we could have chatted a lot longer. I think, yeah, you and me, like, we Just could we could fill, like, uh, we could do a whole thing. stream on it. We could do a whole we stream do on it. a whole it. stream. I don't know whether I'm, I would go on your stream again because I was so scarred after when I said, like, my, oh my when I messed God. up last time. And it, I'm worried it was, it'll happen again. And but that's the kind cancelled. of thing that Twitch lives for is, like, ribbing each other. <laughs> and It's banter. It's just banter, banter bro. Like, banter. it's just banter, uh, <laughs> you mad lad. Um, yeah, no, you're more than welcome. And everyone loves you. Everyone loves you. Everyone still... We, I still get people talking about, like... Was such a cool person. Oh my God. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. I know. I need. I need to get. Need to get back on there. Like every time you're on, I'm like at work, and I'm like, oh, but I want to watch. But I have this to do. But I'm. Yeah. But I see, that's the thing is, I st- I stream during work times because yeah. um yeah I just I in the evenings I'm dead I'm dead oh, in the course. evenings so yeah. like if I if I was a professional Twitch streamer I would be kind of hitting those peak times mm, um yeah. but yeah i do i do stream during the day but it's it's kind of like my i don't know extracurricular in life right now because like yeah. i said i'm still recovering from health stuff so it's mm. not my kind of main thing yeah. um so yeah i do understand a lot of people are like you stream when i'm at work or i'm at school <laughs> i'm like oh yeah so <laughs> what are you gonna do hey, yeah. my life my rules watch it watch it on youtube later way way <laughs> get on youtube <laughs> Well, thank you again, Kim. No, thanks for having me.